Hello, welcome to the second episode of Zeal Talk. those of you who haven't listened before, I'm Jane, so I'm the founder and I uh, run Zeal, which is a full-service creative and digital agency. And Zeal Talk is basically a series of podcasts where I've opened up my little black book and I'm going out to meet lots of suppliers and contacts and friends to find out what is their Zeal. I'm very excited about uh, the guest this morning. I'm already laughing. It's because, obviously, I've known this person for a long time. So the guest this morning is Simon Bollum. He owns and runs a similar kind of agency, but with slight differences, uh, Booty Communications. And I've known him for about, what, 12, 12 years? Yeah, Maybe it must be something like that. Should yeah. I tell the story of how we met? Uh, is it to do with crisps? And, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, gonna, let's not bother. No, what? I need to. I need to put some context for the listeners. Okay. So I used to work at a big agency, and Simon and Boutique at the time kind of sit within that agency. So... We worked in the same office, but we were working for different companies and we once did a joint pitch and it was the first time I'd ever met him. And we went down in the train to London and on the way back up, I was like, you know, a couple of gin and tonics, some, you know, crisps, because it was the night of the YPA, which is a big industry do. So I was kind of, you know, getting it that pre-drink It was the same day, on. was it, right? I don't remember yeah, a bit, yeah. right, okay. Yeah, and uh, you were... Um, not eating crisps. I was eating couscous and you lettuce. You were eating couscous lettuce. <clears throat> Drinking water. Drinking water. You, refu- you were telling me very seriously for about the full two and a half hours train journey how your body's a temple, you don't put any poisons in it. Yeah. You're very serious about your health. No yeah. crisps, nothing, no carbs. All true. Fast forward four hours hammered outside having yeah. a cheeky cigarette yeah. <laughs> this is true <laughs> and the level of you I'm know, still living those lies as yeah. well and the mm. level of um, what's the word uh, lies you told me basically yeah. I thought yeah, well no like it was all guy. it was I all like true my body still is a temple but I have the odd weakness well yeah I think that's mm. fair. that's okay isn't I it I think that's fair yeah but I just after the lecture it seemed a bit yeah <laughs> But yeah. It was a start of a beautiful relationship, wasn't it? It was, and mm. it's been, and actually, um, I would agree I am, with that. I am officially a best female, uh, best male. <laughs> <laughs> Try that again. I am officially your best male friend, no. or at least in the top three. Top, no, top ten. Right, okay. I'll put you top ten. Okay. Um, but no, we've had a good relationship then over the years. I think we've been lucky to have each other in that we can share quite a lot of similar issues, agency issues, industry issues. Yeah, um, I think in some of every business has highs and lows don't they and celebrating the highs is quite easy but having someone to go to with the lows is sometimes tough and I think we've both on some really lows have uh, supported each other pretty well actually yeah oh, oh. that's cool um okay so uh we have some questions for you so these questions are sent in by people on our social media through kind of LinkedIn or Instagram or yep. there is an email address which is zealtalk at wehavezeal.com and uh, I'm just going to ask you some. Okay. So I did, the fir- I did the first one last night. So I'm the first actual You're guest. You're the first live well, I'm, guest. I'm, yeah, I'm this absolutely is- honoured. Yeah, yeah, this is good. But I did... And uh, I hope this, off the back of this, it just the listeners just come flooding in. Right, that's the plan, yeah. <laughs> well, this is the other thing. The reason that one of the reasons you're my first guest is because you are my friend, and also I think you're a very open person, which is good for the podcast. But you also told me, Jane, do not do a podcast. 
don't do a podcast. But only on the basis of the level of commitment. But then, you, as people obviously can't see, you do have other people helping you with this. It's not just me and you sat doing this. So yeah. it was more to do with the fact if you lose momentum, um, but you've got other people helping you out. So I'm sure you yeah. won't. Okay, so first question, which came in on LinkedIn, and I, I like this question, and actually I'd be interested in this as mm. well, and I think it's a good question. So the question is, I ask because I'm curious about what other CEOs, MDs do each day who are in a similar role to me. So I think what, okay. what he's asking is, what, what do you see that role as CEO or MD, and what do you do each day? Uh, so first thing that makes me think of is the attempt to not get stuck doing stuff all the time. So I think I do work hard at not getting stuck doing stuff that isn't purposeful. Um, so days vary really, and I can get stuck in doing a pitch or writing a document and so on. So my day-to-day, -day, I think, does balance between the actual delivery of doing work and the bigger, more strategic pieces and trying to spend my time bit of a cheesy term but in the helicopter so looking down on what the business is doing where are we going are we doing the right things what's the area of attention and so on um and some of days do vary on that on that basis as a business i have uh like a one pager for the business which is about we've got five pillars of so ours a finance operation clients uh marketing uh finance operations and people mm. And then we've got targets by each one of those. So every month we're looking at what's the target for the next month, what are we trying to achieve, what are the areas of focus in the next month on those areas of discipline. And so I'm more focused on making sure across the agency we're hitting those targets. Um, so in the month of October we've got a client satisfaction survey going out, so I make sure that that's happening. Yeah. Uh, we've got an employee engagement survey going out, so I focus on that. So I think... Uh, I think the the challenge is not getting stuck doing stuff that you employ yeah. a number of people for, and who are better at it than you. That's the yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, that's really tough. So if yeah, if you're growing a business, um, well, they're, they're not Jane, of course, because we're better than everybody. Everything, aren't we? And that's why we set up a business in the first place. <laughs> well, that, that blind no, arrogance see, I, no, and confidence. I, I, I disagree with that. Cause, oh, I'm definitely arrogant and have a blind confidence, sure, but I definitely. I, I'm one of my old bosses once said to me, and it was a backhanded compliment. I think the best thing about you is how well you delegate, which could be seen as you know, yeah, you don't do a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I am quite good at doing that because I do. As soon as I see somebody's better at something than me, I'm like brilliant. Have yeah. all of this stuff, and I don't. Yeah. I don't struggle to lead, I don't struggle to let go of control. Do you? Do you find that hard? I did, um, but then I started to build a better team around me. So I have a second in command who very selfishly is about to come turn to leave, which is causing me a panic. Um, but having Alex as a second in command changed me and the business because I then had confidence that all that stuff I wanted to do that I didn't need to do for myself. And then I started to build a better team around me. Yeah, And I think that that has made a massive difference to the business that when we replace it when we lose somebody we always try and replace with better and that's like obsessionally yeah. focused on that i'm always trying to get better people in the business um we've got somebody starting next week we didn't have a role for them but they were outstanding yeah. person um so we're creating something and that that does make a difference because it then allows you to focus on the areas that you really need to focus on but i think it must have taken me five or six years from starting the business to actually really fully believe it 
in that process mm. of get the right people, give them the right things to do, play the people in their best position, um, and it'll make a difference to your business because I was a little bit focused on doing everything and also um, had people to, to, to churn and deliver the stuff that needed to be delivered rather than what are they actually capable of where else can we push them what are the is that because you're a control freak though because you you are yeah you're quite quite single focused in all aspects of your life really if you look at things like fitness i know you're really keen on that once you once you kind of have that you are quite committed to that and don't really look around you're quite kind of single-minded yeah i am and i am I am a control freak in ev- yeah in everything that I, that, that I do, um, and so that does make it a little bit harder to hand over control. And I'm sure when I look back on people that worked for us four or five years ago, um, there was probably some really good talent that went through the agency because I was too difficult to work with. Um, they didn't get the control that they needed, yeah. um, and uh, you know, if if I was a bit more self-aware in the earlier days of having the business, I probably, and therefore a better leader, we probably would have grown a little bit faster and done a little bit better than than we did. So is that kind of one of the one of the mistakes? So one of the questions here as well is, what's kind of your your biggest failure? Is that would that be one of them, or is was the kind of a, something else that sticks out if you if you went back and did it all again would you do anything different um the biggest fa- yeah the one thing that I, that thing that instantly springs to mind what would i do differently is people i'd move people on quicker so i had people that have been in the business that have been either toxic or just shit at the job and I tried to make them better and I tried to manage them through the process and that is a failing if you've got somebody who isn't good enough for your business for whatever reason be that personality or the cultural fit or the work that they deliver just get rid of them really quickly because the amount of focus when I think back on two or three people the amount of focus and energy that people can take for the wrong reasons is can be catastrophic to a business so yeah i think if i had a failing it was and it was a failing to everybody else in the business as well yeah because i was there's times when i know people have looked around and thought what well, what's this guy yeah, doing why here they, yeah. why is she still here yeah. and then they lose faith in you really absolutely to pick that but it's, it's quite a common thing i go to quite a few forums or you know um, yeah not networking, but those kind of like yeah, round no, table mean, yeah. groups. Yeah. And it is a common theme. And yeah. um, I once heard an expression, which it, it's better to have a hole than an arsehole. And I love that yes, because it that's is. Great. It, and I think sometimes business owners worry that, you know, oh, that, that put, I think where it's dangerous is if the person's okay, if the person's either terrible or really, really toxic, I find that quite easy to yeah. move them on because it's a, it's an obvious decision. It's when they're either, it's just, it's when they're okay because then you worry about removing them from the business because there's a hole. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's better to have And you a, think a that you can, also. you can manage them into a better place yeah. when the reality is you probably yeah. can't. So coming, coming on to that, we have a similarity in that we would have a workforce of millennials. Yes. Um, I was very, <laughs> I was very disappointed the other day because 
I once looked up how old you have to be to be a millennial. Now, I was born in 1980. So I, when I first looked it up, I was technically a millennial. They've changed it now. So it's, it's right. 81, so I'm Generation X, which I assume you are too. Yeah, 78, yeah. so um, yeah, it must be. But, um, you know, they get a bad rep to the millennials, don't they? They're all, you know, snowflakes. They want everything for granted. Yeah, and not so did we. Do you agree with that? Or do you... No, and I think, well... There's elements that I'd probably agree with, but I think so did we. I think every generation is tarred with the lazy git brush and don't know the born. You know, our grandparents were saying that, and as grandparents will say that, I think that's a, it's a generational thing. I think the tagging of millennials and Gen X and Gen Z and all the rest of it, I'm not, I don't really buy it, if yeah, I'm honest with you. I agree, I agree. Um, I think... If I think back to my parents, so I'm now 41, if I think back to my parents when they were 41, they were old. I remember going away on my mum's 40th and thinking, like 40, I mean, she's nearly dead, isn't she? (laughs) (laughs) And I was only like, I don't know, what would I have been, 15 or 16 at the time? And I remember thinking, 40, Jesus, (laughs) she's celebrating this because she's not got long left. Um, But I think people were much older than they are but talking about um the younger generation i think they they yeah they're just born from a different background our parents i would say that generation were for want of a better term were grafters Mm. and we work in different sectors Mm. we work in a very service-led generation Mm. and relationships is much more important Whereas the generation before were much more grafters in that they were, there was much more labour intensive kind yeah. of work. And so it creates a different person, it creates a different mindset. And so we saw our parents working, dare I say, harder because they're getting their hands dirty or whatever it might have been. Um, and so if, if, if they are snowflakes and so on, then we created created them so we created that is that because you are a hard worker um apart from the occasional skiving in restaurant relatively hard worker by the way no you you are and where did that where did your kind of work ethic come from did that come from like did you have Um, jobs as kids or yeah I, i think Really cheesy, but I was that kid selling fake aftershave in the playground yeah. and bags of sweets. I did scrunchies. Yeah, yeah. I did all that shit. <laughs> um, I don't know where that came from. I've thought about this a few times, been asked this a few times. My dad was a police officer, but climbed the corporate ladder, if you like, and ended up being um, general secretary for the police federation, spent his time in parliament um, and working with... Um, the government on legislation so he brought through police having CS gas for example um, and so he, he he was ambitious and really pushed his own career and my parents separated when I was very young and my mum bought a nursing home that she worked in which was you know significant investment and was completely um, dominant in their life because we we lived there so it completely dominated their life um and so i think i probably did get some of some graft from that and i had an older sister who from the day you could go out and get a job did mm. um and has always worked hard and so i think just inherently i i, I probably picked up on yeah. on those things um 
So I think it was, yeah, I think it was probably just in my genes. But where I got the desire to, like I was never, I was literally unemployable. Like when we worked together 15 years ago, mm. a pair of us must have been an absolute nightmare. I to, wasn't. No, you were. I wasn't. I, I will stand by this. Dom, who was one of my first bosses, he always says I'm his best ever employee. Yeah, but he's mad as batshit, so that well, makes yeah, sense. I mean, that is true. But I, no, I think, I don't know if I could go do it now. I think I'd struggle to go back into employment now. Struggle? There's yeah, no way you could go back and be an employee. <laughs> I think I could. I don't know. I think I could. There, there are some days where I would, I would think, oh, God, I'd love to just be an employee and just come oh, in. Oh, yeah. And, every, well, know. everybody who owns but, a business has yeah, that moment, don't yeah, they? That you, uh, feeling of shedding the responsibility. But I guarantee you that if you did, you'd look around and go, well, that's wrong and that needs to be better and I can fix that. And yeah, and then they're wouldn't a bit be able shit. to. Yeah, and yeah. then all the idea that I think one of the reasons that people say they'd want to be employees so you could shed the responsibility those sleepless nights those yeah. nights where you're tossing and turning because you're worrying about an employee's happiness or what's yeah. happening in their family life or a client that's unhappy or the finance whatever it might yeah, be yeah. I don't think that you know I think you just take on those burdens I think that's part that's a characteristic of a business I don't want to use the word entrepreneur because I think it's really wanky if you have yeah. one business it doesn't make you an entrepreneur yeah it just makes you a business owner yeah agreed. and I think that's a common trait of a business owner is that you never switch off you constantly care you constantly worry well not all business owners but successful driven business owners yeah. actually what that means is they're constantly looking around them at what's going on and caring and wanting to fix things and make things better. Yeah. And I think if you were employed, you'd still do that. Yeah, I think we're, we're, we are, that is one of our similarities because we, gen, I mean, obviously some of the conversations that we've had, um, we genuinely care about our businesses and the people in them. And that's great because it makes us good in some aspects, but also sometimes it, it's difficult, isn't it? If you, you know, if you have got those people that are, you worried about or you want to look after or you want to make yeah. better and, and some decisions that you have to make you know aren't nice but yeah I think if you're a bit maybe colder it doesn't affect you as much yeah but you're quite a warm person I think so yeah and I think I think it's about caring about the right things that mm. sounds awful doesn't it but I think you it it, it is generally all consuming mm. um not always the case like my sister owns a business she's very successful she doesn't seem to take it home she doesn't really talk about it too much um she do you does. not switch off then do you take it home oh no i never switch off ah you no, see i'm quite good at that i'm as well. terrible at it i i spent so i'm part of a um forum of business owners yeah that get together every month um and we raise opportunities challenges dilemmas and talk about them support each other's businesses from a vast vast range of sectors um and being part of that group has changed me because they hold you to account you learn from them um it's like soul searching every month yeah. um where they're challenging you on everything that you do in your behaviors your business structure and so on um and one thing that really came out of that was how i was so attached to the business and i was unable to detach myself from what was going on yeah so i literally um I, I, I just couldn't leave anything behind. Um, and I, I don't mind saying I'm pretty sure that it cost me my marriage. Um, I just yeah. couldn't leave anything behind. I was always, always on with work. Um, if there was a bad day, it was a bad week. 24 hours a day it impacted on my home life massively. Yeah. So I've spent a lot of time on that over the last two or three years, really 
committing myself to those moments of switching you, off. In that case, then, you've been quite honest with that. Would you, if you were to do it all again, go right back to before boutique, mm. would you have gone down the kind of the more corporate route and been a senior person in a big agency? And, and you know, would you, have, would, you, would you do boutique again? Yes. Okay. Yeah, for all the sacrifices, yes, because I think, like, what are we all here for? Big part of that's got to be to do with your own satisfaction, happiness, and I think realising your potential and what you're capable of. Um, And that's a massive driver for me. Um, So why do I do this? A big part of it is my ego. And that ego is like a negative connotation, right? Yeah, yeah. So when you say talk about someone's ego, you have this negative of them being egotistical. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, but we all have an ego. Yeah, um, and it's to do with what you think of yourself and your own self confidence, your belief, your belief systems, your values. Um, and my ego drove me to wanting to run a business, and mm-hmm. drives me to want to run business and businesses, um, and that that's a big part of my motivation so I don't think I could be satisfied working in somebody else's business mm. um, when somebody else is controlling the major decision making processes yeah. I think I want and need to be doing that doing to that. be fulfilled yeah would you change that about yourself if you could if I could w- wave a wand and say I can I can take that away from you I can mm. take the need for you to be in control um, and you know would would yeah. Would you want to change? Uh, so, so I look at the, um, I look at other lives longingly and with jealousy. <laughs> so, I watched bizarrely. I saw two minutes, no, a bit more than two minutes, twenty minutes of um, program last night. Ben Fogel and something to do with lives in the wild or something. It's called, and it's about people who've given up what they deem as the rat race yeah. to live a simple life. Yeah. Yeah. And I watched it with such admiration and almost jealousy. Yeah. And actually, bizarrely, I did genuinely say last night whilst watching it, I wish you had two lives Mm. because it'd be really cool to live that that other life. Um, But I don't know. I think there's there's elements of your characteristic that you you can't just change. No. So, like, people say, oh, I couldn't retire because what would I do? And, like... I thought, you know, that's true. If somebody needs to be doing stuff all the time, I can, I can see that. Yeah. Um, so would I, would I live a different life? No, I wouldn't. Um, but you've been, but I wouldn't mind another. To, I wouldn't mind yeah, a second yeah, term, yeah, yeah, so I could yeah. live it differently just you've to see how it been, was. You have also been close because we've had conversations where we're like, oh, should we just? Bin it off. Yeah, buy yeah, a yeah. Bar. Give us a quid. <laughs> yeah. You can Give have it. Give us a quid. You pound. can have it. I'm off yeah, to do yeah, something yeah. else. And a couple of times, you know, um, you, you've been quite close to being serious about that, I think. Yeah, I've entertained selling the business a couple of times. One of them actually was also to sell into a much bigger agency to um, go and run that business. Yeah. And, and, and from a personal point of view, that would have been a really interesting challenge. But do you know what bothered me was the ownership? Mm. I, it wasn't. It wasn't my toy set yeah, anymore, yeah. and I just don't know that... You can't let go. I'd have been able to do that. Um, but somebody once said to me um, when I was much younger, and I say it to my 23-year-old son's looking at moving jobs and so on, and I say it to him, you're not one career. Mm-hmm. And I think 
you're not one linear path in your life. Mm. So I think for the people in your business that are 22, 23, 24, and they're setting off on life, I think they've already got themselves a bit of a predetermined idea as to where they're going. Yeah. And my son has 23, he's bought a house, he lives with his partner. Like, it's amazing, they've got a great life. She's yeah. a wonderful girl, I'm very proud of him, very happy for him. But there's a bit of me that panics. Yeah. Because I'm like, we just can you not just fuck it all off and go see the world and go yeah, travel yeah, and, and get, yeah, shed yeah. all the responsibilities? Um, so actually, if if I if the business was in a state that I could sell it for the pot of gold that would yeah. allow me to never need to work again, I genuinely think I would. Yeah. If somebody offered me that money today, I think I'd take it because I I do want to do other things, travel. Yeah. Live that nomadic life um try living in the wilderness for a little bit of a time i've got younger children as well i'd like to get them and see more of the world so uh, yeah i I would be tempted to to change open open to offers yeah yeah (laughs) um right just a bit more than a quick we're uh, we're gonna wrap it up i've just got two kind of quick questions yeah and one of which i'm going to ask everybody Mm. uh, because it was asked of me on the first podcast and i think i'm going to win you see okay so So the question is what's the most expensive thing you've ever broken oh god most um my marriage Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um that's quite an expensive (laughs) break up Uh, i don't know how you put a cost on that but (laughs) well i can tell you if you want Um, Mine was a bathroom suite, so okay. Right, yeah, you, beyond you, that, yeah. beyond that, I, I did, um, yeah, I was a bit rebellious when I was younger, and um, should I admit this, that I used to drive before I'd even taken a driving lesson. Oh, yeah. I used to pinch my mum's car and go for a drive, and uh, I crashed it. Oh, okay, so that's, yeah. Into a lamppost with no insurance, oh, etc. That was that was pretty expensive. Yeah. I had a friend who used to take his mum's car before he'd, but he'd, didn't know how to change gear, so he would just stay in first. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't go very far. <laughs> he just drove. Could have been quicker walking. Back. Yeah, yeah, just in first the whole way. The car screaming. <laughs> and then the very last question I've got, which I I like because it's something that I'm really passionate about. What's the last time you did something for the first time? The last time I did something for the first time. Oh my god, this could make for a really awkward long silence. The last time I did something. I thought you were going to say something <laughs> even worse then. <laughs> oh, I tried a new position last night. <laughs> <laughs> I tried something for the first TMI. time for the last time. Yeah, because uh, it basically it, it comes from, uh, it's something that I really drill into people at Zeal and drill into kind of my stepdaughters and anybody that I'm around is like life is massive. And if you're not doing stuff that you've never done before, you're wasting it. So it could be small, could be big, but you know. That's a really lovely sentiment. Isn't I'm it? I'm going to take that. Right. Well, I'll tell you what. Pass it you on go to all of my children something. as well and make them do different yeah. things. Yeah. And the other thing I do is I draw a little circle and then I put a dot in it and I say to people, this is you. This is your comfort zone. This mm. is not where you grow. You only grow outside of it. Yeah. But then when you go outside of it, your comfort zone widens. So your world widens. Yes. So you have to like keep it. doing new things. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. All right, yeah, well, yeah. you need to go away and do something new today. Yes, I do. And text okay. me later and tell me what, if if, you what could, it is that you've done for the first time ever. This is a really great question. If you can then make a list and post it somewhere of all the things yeah. that people have done for the yeah. first time. Also, the things people actually want to do. Yeah. There's a thing that gets well, me I have go. A bu- I have a bucket list. I really list. want to. Yeah. Well, if you did, just fucking do it then. Well, have you got a bucket list, though? 
Um, I've got an actual written I, bucket have you? list. Yeah, actual written. And I don't, seal. but I could tell you t- like ten things that yeah, would be yeah. on my bucket. You need to so write I kind of know what they are. Because at, um, at Zeal we have a Zeal bucket list where we all staff are able to uh, come to us and ask to do something for the very yeah, first yeah. time. So D- didn't you get? Yeah, Pro got a piano. A piano. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Pro's here, got by a, the way, everybody. Yeah. Just yeah. in case you wonder, we're talking to <laughs> nobody. Um, one of the girls got a saxophone. We've taught somebody how to drive. Um, right. So yeah, there's, there's, um, and that's just things that will help their expand their lives. So I'm very keen on that. So I'm going to ask a question back to you. Why do okay. you do that then? Because I, it, so I kind of covered this a little bit on the first one, but I'm ge- I'm genuinely want to make other people's lives better. So another thing that I do is when I'm going home, I say to myself, Have I made anybody's life better today? Like in the smallest thing or the biggest thing, have I genuinely had an impact? So one of the things on my bucket list is to change somebody's life. But I try and do that every day, but just in really small ways. Right. But like one day you'll have to donate your kidney to something. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I've kind of already checked. I was trying. It's difficult to assess how you've actually changed somebody's life. Well, you've got two children in your life, so yeah, you know, that's pretty significant. Yeah, it There's is. There's a great thing. I read a great thing yesterday about um, Richard Branson. I mean, the most talked about person in the world, really, isn't he, from a business perspective? But. Um, Somebody asked him a question about what does he think is his most important legacy. He's got all these businesses, made all of this money. Um, What does he want people to really remember him for, the Virgin brand and so on? He said, I don't give a shit about all of that. If you want to judge me, judge my children. And I think that's a really wonderful sentiment. Like... Unless they're little bastards, and they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, he must have some confidence in yeah, nice yeah, people. Yeah. But I like, but I like that yeah, sentiment, sentiment. That yeah, yeah. I think business. We're also obsessed with like business. How big is your business? How much money are you making? How big is your office? How many employees have you got? Like, do you, who fucking cares? Do you know the Come biggest? On. Do you know the biggest stat I am the most proud of over revenue, over profit, over anything is, and it's true. In nine years, nine and a half years we have had four people leave Zeal to go to a direct competitor. Right. Four in nine years, which in our industry, as you know, that's unheard yeah, of. And yeah, one of them yeah. wanted to come back. In fact, two of them wanted to come back. Right. Um, so that that's, if you're talking about like business and how it affects people's lives, that's my biggest, um, that's what I feel is the biggest achievement in terms of Zeal. Making so it a place where people want to be and want to stay and want to grow. So your Zeal is yeah. about making people's lives better. Yeah, what's yours? Retaining uh, it, control of everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's about passing on the quality of life and ensuring that um, living the world in a better place. And I yeah. think that, for me, is about my children. I've got four boys and making sure that they have a positive impact on the planet, yeah. whatever that may be. Do you agree with drive. Extinction Rebellion? Um, leaning into a political question, so I'm going to avoid that because I hate oh. talking about politics. Brexit in or out? No. Oh, stop <laughs> it. <laughs> Definitely in everybody. <laughs> Definitely in. Vote Lib Dems. <laughs> Next time on Zeal Talk, we have Emma Hollis, who is the managing director of Pyramid 8, a recruitment company. So if you have any questions at all for her, please do get in touch. Our email address is zealtalk at wehavezeal, or you can DM us on any of our social channels or stop me in the street. However you want, we definitely want your questions. She's an amazing woman and um, a real kind of honest and open live wire so i'm looking forward to that and uh yeah that's great thank you very much for listening and bye